The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, the lustrous potentate coach Mike is on the controls. Thank you guys for hanging out with us on this beautiful. Wednesday morning as we look out to the West 7th cam and notice that it's crooked. Please understand the the reason it's crooked is because the tripod that it is sitting on is sitting in the windowsill. So which we think is crooked. (laughs) Very well could be. (laughs) I'm just saying it's a beautiful day outside though. West 7th doesn't go uphill there i mean it may go uphill somewhere but not not there eh, that too much there nailed it there <laughs> perfect it is who, who needs a bulldozer to level things out man we just we don't need know. we don't need the uh the hot rod backhoe i'm a little concerned about the hot rod backhoe we've not seen it in a few days maybe he's done his job say so if, he, if he digs uh, as fast as he not. drives well, he's dug up everything. Now we got to <laughs> say his job's to dig holes. They haven't put any new. Like, of course, they hadn't filled the old ones yet. But you know. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Oh man! So we are excited because I'm excited, especially. I, this is my my holy grail of if I was to get to cover one thing in the history of my life as a sports writer, it would be to cover the women's college world series, and it is. Uh, quickly approaching as it will take place sometime next month. I'm not sure exactly the dates, but the tournament has started and there's been some controversy, <laughs> both from the big 10, the pac 12, uh, sec, everybody's mad, everybody's mad. mad. And you know what that means? Well, you, so, so that's what I'm saying. It, as an official, I used to say, if both sides are yelling the same, I must be doing a good job. <laughs> well, I'm consistently bad or either one. I well, don't know. I tell you what, NCAA and good job are rarely In, said together. So, If ever. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to speak on the Parks Motor Zells hotline with former ACC softball coach Sharon Perkins. Coach, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Coach, um, Chris wants to go to Oklahoma City to the Women's College World Series. What can you tell him about it? Oh, my goodness. It's going to be a crazy route on the way to the World Series. I tell you what, these regionals are about to get nuts. 
It, it looks like that. And, you know, in, in the aftermath of the NCAA setting this bracket, as Chris mentioned, everybody got beef, including um, Alabama coach Patrick Murphy, who's none too excited to see Clemson come into town. And, and Sharon, I'm – And Troy. And Troy. And, I mean, they've got a solid pitcher. That, to me, that's the regional I'm going to watch. <laughs> no doubt. Like, every game in that is going to be a grind. It's, it's not going to be easy. I'm, You know, I I would think that Alabama could come out of that because they're pitching so solid and their, their staff goes deep. But I'll tell you what, that's, there's good pitching beats good hitting, and it's going to be interesting. I'm fascinated by Clemson just because that's a program that's, what, two years old, three years old? Real full year, so they had the COVID year last year, which would be their initial year. But they were they were hot right out of the gate last year. But it's it's amazing, you know what a, such a quick startup program could do like that. Coach Rittman's done a great job. And now you were on the ground floor at Southern Miss as an assistant down there when they had right. a similar quick rise like this. I mean, you talked about the, right. the recruiting job that John Rittman has done over at Clemson, and he's got a couple of local kids over there. Um, he does. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, so we just saw them play maybe a month ago or something when, when uh, our daughter was playing over there. And just the facilities and, you know, obviously the coaching staff and the talent level that he's brought in right out of the, out of the gate is amazing. So they were fun to watch. They really were. But when you have someone as solid as Kegel on the mound and at the plate, you know, just hammering the ball, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. It is fun to watch. Some great defensive plays and, you know, kids that, that I've gotten to coach over the years and got to watch grow up over the years, it's, it's pretty neat to watch. Now, Sharon, since you stepped away from the college game, you've been coaching um... – elite travel ball is that a phrase i mean with that with that fit what you've been doing both um down in atlanta and now here a little closer to the home correct uh i guess it's going on this is the eighth year so it was kind of katie's first year of 14 and under and what i did was started just you know giving lessons in atlanta area and then coaching high level travel from 14 14 and under up all the way through 18 and then when she graduated, moved here about two years ago, and actually India Childs that played at Tennessee, that was an awesome, awesome player there. And um, she and I have started an organization, SCT, Southeast Championship Training. And basically what we're trying to do is model it after what we were doing in Georgia, what they've been doing for years in Georgia, and what they've been doing out West for all these years and why those kids are so good at a young age. You know, we have teams from 10, 10 and under through 18 and under, and you've got to start them young, you know? I mean, you know, it's not for everybody, obviously, but there has to be dedication there. And, you know, you've got to grow their talents at a young age. If you teach them the right things, you know, and get their heart into it at a young age, then they love it and they want to do it and they want to play it and they just get better. And, you know, we're bringing to them some good coaches that have played in high school, in travel, in college, and that's their coaching staff. All of our organizational coaches have coached and played at a high level. So, that's, to me, that's fun to watch. It's fun to go watch 10U games. It's fun, Indy and I coaching the 12U team together, and then 
I have a 14U team and she has the 18s and watching the 16s. It's, it's fun to go watch all the other age groups and all our coaches in action. Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Sharon Perkins, um, former Atlantic Coast Conference softball coach, um, now doing her thing at the high-level travel, um, in the high-level travel circles, I guess. Sharon, you're a Florida native. You spent pretty much your entire playing and coaching career in the SEC footprint, I guess, playing at Nichols State, um, coaching at Southern Miss, coaching at Georgia, coaching at Georgia Tech. This year, the Southeastern Conference put 12 of its 13 teams in the tournament, much to the consternation of some other areas. But um, you've kind of seen the rise of softball and how the power has kind of shifted maybe from the West Coast to the Southeast. Was this what you expected? Is this um, pretty much what – was this just I feel a certainty? Like you could tell, yeah, I mean, I think so, just being in it. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, those kids have playing, been playing year-round at a young age out west. And that started, you know, forever ago when I was little. You know, we didn't have that. We didn't start travel until, what, I was 13, 14 years old. We started a travel team out of our all-star team, and basically, and that's how we started. And um, now it's just like, you know, these kids are serious about it at eight and under. But what you see is probably 20 years ago, even, you could see the facilities in the SEC, you know, they're just way better than they were in the Pac-12 or Pac-10 back then. But um, it's just when you have football that drives, drives the money, then you can promote your sports and you can grow, you know, your, your sports. And softball was one of those. And you bring these huge, nice facilities that look like baseball facilities. And kids want to go play at that. And they, but back at 20 years ago, Florida would have a whole team of California kids. Well, now they don't have to. Now these kids are, you know, with the recruiting being slowed down and you, you go on, you know, your visits and you got to stay local and the COVID thing happening and slowing everything down too. It's just it's everything keeps getting a little bit more localized, and now they're grabbing these good talent kids. Even just like when when our daughter was playing in the Atlanta area, just our county and Gwinnett County, the talent was amazing for just Division One level kids. You know, and it's they want to stay close to home. Why go out west when you can stay, you know, three, four, five hours away when you can play at a high level and get a great education close by. So it doesn't make sense to go out there. But then I remember, you know, when we were at Georgia, we could never get those West coast teams to come over and play us because they didn't need us. They, they were the high level team, you know, and they didn't want to basically, you know, kind of cower down to us. They didn't need us. And they always said they didn't need a conference tournament. Their conference tournament was the world series. Well, it doesn't look like it now. You know, it's just just not looking like that. So the SEC is is a powerhouse. And even you get you're getting all these ACC teams in there and there were four Sunbelt teams in there. So there's just a lot of talent in the southeast and they don't need to leave. Why? I go across the country. And, And that's I mean, that's a positive, not just for 
the Southeastern Conference, but for softball as a whole, because it's now a national sport, whereas it used to be a, a West Coast sport. And now right. that these kids are being exposed to it at a high level, I mean, when you go to Road Stadium in Tuscaloosa, it is an absolute barnyard. I mean, those people are yep. nuts, and it's a fun in the atmosphere. Outfield, yeah. Right. And they're still upgrading their facility. I mean, we played like our first tournament down there. The first couple weekends we were down there. And, you know, Coach Murphy and I were talking. And um, he's just telling me about all the upgrades they're still making. And they have an amazing facility. And they pack it out. It's crazy, you know. So, it's it's fun to watch. It's fun to get to see, you know, kids on TV every single day, every week. And, now some of them are playing in the – they'll be in the regionals and some of them will end up playing in the World Series. And it's like, wow, I remember when they were 10 and we were playing against them or playing with them. You know, it's, it's just really neat. Yeah, I I mean, I can go back. Kendall Beth Sides, who plays at Alabama, uh, she, she was on the team that I uh, watched growing up through high school. So I, I've been watching her since right. she was 13, 14 years old. And it's just so cool to watch those girls. Uh, real quick, I have a question here because this is this is pretty interesting. Duke, the thirteenth seed nationally, uh, has to host their tournament in Athens, Georgia. Is and and I, we understand why, but that's just wild, isn't it? Like the team that the the number two seed gets to host the regional. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the issue with Duke is Duke didn't have um, fans all year, right? So I don't know what their guidelines were going to be moving forward. And I mean, what you can't really have a regional and not have fans. And you know what I mean? I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's some, who sad. knows the ins and outs of some of all that stuff? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting for sure. <laughs> Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Sharon Perkins. And, um, Sharon, you said you would be keeping an eye on that Tuscaloosa regional in particular with, um, Number three national seed Alabama opening against Alabama State and then Troy and Clemson in the other opening round contest. Any other regional, any other team that you've got your eye on um, this weekend? Oklahoma's fun to watch. Oklahoma's just, they kill the ball. They are so fun to watch. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting with Washington. They are not happy at all. But for them to have to get matched up with Oklahoma, I can understand that. But you know, I mean, ultimately, it, it goes to strength of schedule. And I know it was a weird, weird season. You didn't, nobody played their normal schedule, you know, but some, some teams just go out and play, play teams when they can play them, you know. I mean, Kennesaw State, who knew? Who knew they would end up being in it? But when you get a chance to raise your RPI by playing top teams, that's what happens. And, mm-hmm. and people don't really understand how it works. I mean, You've got to play those teams to get a chance. You know, if, if you just sit there and beat up on whoever and then your conference is weak, it does not help you. If your conference is strong, then you can kind of get some of those easy wins or patty cake wins or whatever and try to pad some things there early because you know that your conference is going to be a grind. But if it's not, you've got to go out and play people. You have to, you know, build your schedule around that. You don't even have to beat the team. You just have to play them. And with that said, is that why the SEC is sitting there with five of the top eight national seeds and seven national seeds overall, you think? I think so. I really do. I think so. Because they're they're playing each other all weekend. 
and then they go out and play. They're not scared to go out and play other people. They're just not. They know who they are, and, and they go out, and they're going to take on top teams because they can do that, you know. But back in the day, you know, you see the West Coast people, and they just play what's in their area. They don't want to travel out here. So, And then you see them travel out here, and they're not as successful. So I've seen some of that. So that's kind of interesting. So maybe that's why they don't want to travel then. Um, Sharon, Probably not. Yeah, Sharon Perkins, um, Longtime collegiate softball coach, um, now coaching Southeastern Championship Training. Is that what you said? Is that the name of your Southeast, yeah, yeah, yeah. How can people find you, Sharon, if they're interested in um, getting involved with your organization? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. You know, I'm not the best at social media. <laughs> we got we to work Giles on that. Is the one that. Indian Towns is the one to hook up with. She's everywhere. She's she's awesome. That's my partner in crime right there. Now, no do y'all, y'all have a um, Facebook page? We're on Facebook. Okay. We are. We're on Facebook. I know we have Facebook, Twitter, and all that, but it's it's all under Southeast Championship Training. And if you can't find it, you can find my name or you can find India, India Towns there, and we'll get you to the right team for sure. That sounds great. Sharon? We appreciate you spending some time with us this morning on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Um, safe travels. I, I know you're. It. I know you're on the road. Like I said, safe travels, and um, we'll catch up Thank with you, you so soon. All righty. Okay. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. All right, Sharon Perkins on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. There, talking a little NCAA softball. I'm telling you, it's uh, certainly going to be a fun national tournament uh, yeah you know i've i've paid more attention to college softball year by year i think as as we see more local kids on that scene and that kind of thing and i've known sharon and her well i grew up with her husband chris basically so i've known them for for years and keeping an eye on what they were doing but like you said it, it's just a great game and especially at the top level so if you get a chance this weekend, check out some of these regionals. I think they're all on the ESPN platforms, as is everything. So check that out. Tennessee is the number nine national seed. Um, they will be hosting Eastern Kentucky, James Madison, and Liberty. And Liberty is traditionally pretty good as well, I think. So yep. Starts tomorrow. It's going to be fun. Here we go. All right. Um uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back to the Lee Company studio, we are going to talk about the Braves, talk a little about the sounds, and you came up with a list yesterday of some NFL quarterback rankings that you said you wanted to talk about. So we're going to talk about that as well. It's also Wild and Wacky Wednesday, so stick around right here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net.
covering the teams you care about, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Coming to you from the Lee Company studio here on West 7th in Columbia. Columbia, as we'd like to say. Um, Mo, we've talked on this show a couple times about how frustrating um, it has been to be a Braves fan this year. <laughs> Only a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just numb it's at not, this point. It's not getting better. <laughs> yeah. And we're not scoring runs, which is really wild when you look at that lineup. And we can't protect leads when we do manage to get one. Which isn't surprising when you look at some of those bullpen arms. So, Well, and again, as yeah, I, I talked to you last night, mm-hmm. as I texted you, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've, we've heard the reasoning as to why in the 0-0 game yesterday. Day that, before yesterday. Or, I'm sorry, day before yesterday that we have, we, we didn't see A.J. Minter or Tyler Matzik or anybody else that, mm-hmm. you know, is useful. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yet. And yet. More times, I, this is not the first time this has happened, okay? Because Brian Snicker rolls out Will Smith in the top, in the top of the ninth with a 3-3 tie. For what reason? One, he's not going to pitch. Well, the thing is. And, and he's here, not going to pitch if otherwise. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. He's not going to pitch otherwise. You know, he's not going to get a save situation because they're playing at home. Right. So you're you're thinking, okay, we'll hold him here and we'll walk it off. I mean, you wouldn't have necessarily thrown him in a 3-3 tie on the road. But this is not the first time. How about in a 0-0 tie, we'll hold them and we'll score in the bottom of the seventh, and then we'll get to our setup guy and our closer. Instead, no, Jacob Webb. This is my problem. I, if, I get I get what you're saying there. I can see some of it. I don't see some of it. I, again, I, I've i told you, I I don't ever want to see Jacob Webb again. My pro, my, Not my, in a Braves uniform. He can go somewhere else and pitch all he wants to. My <laughs> My question is, why are we pitching to hold in some situations and not in others? Is it based on who's due up in the lineup? Well, I would imagine it's based on a lot of things. You know, where you are. Again, um, Will Smith had gone three straight nights, and that's why he didn't go Sunday in Milwaukee. Which is fine. Okay. So maybe not going Monday. Maybe they were trying to give him back-to-backs. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know there's a lot to consider. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just saying I don't know that we're necessarily privy to everything. But I I get your point. Why are we bringing in the closer in a tie game? In a tie game at home, I think it might be different than a tie game on the road. Well, Because, again, there's not going to be a safe situation. 
Will Smith is now halfway through his three-year, $40 million deal, and he has a 4-6 ERA. So there's your closer, by the way. That's the guy who's supposed to win you the game in the event that you are winning at the end. Well, and that's been a problem because they've not been winning at the end very often. And when they do, he doesn't save it. The Braves (laughs) have issues, and they are many. There are plenty of issues. It's not just the bullpen. It's not just it's it's everything. Now, Dansby Swanson last night. I'm pretty sure I could have done what Dansby did, which was nah. very well nothing. Um, it's just un. It's frustrating when we're sitting here talking about a guy that has shown flashes of brilliance. I mean, when it comes to the playoffs two years ago, we don't even get to give up 10 runs in the first inning, if not for Dansby Swanson against the Cardinals. You know? I mean, he he single-handedly won that series just about for us. And we've seen him be very good, and then we've seen him be really bad. And it's not just short stretches like some people like Ronnie is on right now, like Freddie was on at the early part of the season. This is this is not a short stretch of a slump. No, it's a full on it's a full on struggle right now as um as the Braves lost last night four three to the Mets and they never led in this game. They got it tied. Correct. Three to three, and gave up a run in the ninth. But they were down two to nothing early. Um, they were down three one. They were down three two. Again, got it tied three three in the eighth. But you know, and and they've been playing from behind a lot. Uh, again, the concerns with this team are not confined to any one area. I mean, you know, defensively they play fairly well. Sure. Not a lot of errors. I mean, when, I mean, they're not the Brewers in the middle infield. Sure, that's that's Sunday for them. That was ugly, but I mean, you know, the Braves they catch it, they catch it well, they throw it fairly well, with the exception of Ozuna. I mean, they they do what you need to do on that side of the ball, but pitching, you know, starting pitching, the bullpen when they're offense it, when they're hitting it to the gaps and out of the ballpark, defense can't help you much. That's all I'm saying. You know, I don't I don't want to be that reactionary Braves fan, but at the same time, you know, we're what, forty two games into the season. We're pretty much a quarter of the way. And this team has not been north of five hundred at any point this year. Right. And so uh, speaking of uh, we we need to get into the Stripers game last night because this confused me, not confused, uh kind of surprised me when I saw Jonathan Lucroy. Uh, starting at catcher, hmm. and Jeff Mathis is and Jeff Mathis is in Atlanta. So I and I don't think Luke Roy has been with the Stripers all season. I think this is a recent addition. Um, so I, I'm not sure. I, I don't I, I don't remember him being on the AAA roster when I was looking at it about three days ago. <laughs> so. Uh, my guess is he is probably uh, 
on the track to potentially come up and back up William Contreras and maybe even play a little bit more than certainly more than Mathis is playing because that he's not playing much at all. Um, but also got to see Orlando Arcia last night and he had a well of a game has 1.4 OPS in Gwinnett uh, and had a couple of great plays in from shortstop as well. So, Luke Roy signed with the Braves, signed a minor league deal with the Braves on May 14th. May 14th. So that was Friday? Five, yeah, five days ago. Uh, I, I knew it wasn't long ago. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that is, um, that's an interesting signing. I don't know that it's necessarily interesting. I mean, you look at Travis Darno is out with that thumb injury, and he's gonna be out. No, it's, for it's a, while. a guy. It's a guy with with major league experience. Like, you yeah, know. I, I think Jeff Mathis is just there, you know, kind of keeping a seat warm a little bit for somebody. Um, Lacroix was designated for assignment on April twelfth, so he had been out for a minute. So I would imagine as soon as he gets his legs up under him, he'll be coming anyway. across town to. Truist Field, Truist Park, whatever it is. And the Braves have really taken some hits at that position in particular, you know, with Darno going down, with Alex Jackson being hurt, with Tyler Flowers and his situation. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's another issue because that is your quarterback. The catcher is your quarterback of the entire defense. And, and I think Contreras has done a decent job as young catchers go. The only thing he didn't do was stop Waskar Enoa from punching, punching that bench. Yeah. But yes. last night, um Jonathan Lucroy was one for five with an RBI. He struck out twice, but you know. Fit right that in. His, that was his literal first game. You fit right in. <laughs> well, that was his first game back from that DFA on April twelfth, so uh, there's that. Uh, Orlando Arcia was two for four with a walk, two runs scored. Drew Waters three for five with uh, two homers. One from each side of the plate. <laughs> yeah, both to the same part of the ballpark, though, that 310 short porch. And, right. <laughs> so, find it. Hey, it doesn't matter. It got over the wall. Um, you talked about Arcia off air earlier today. Yeah, I think he's got 10 home runs already. In Gwinnett? Uh he's hitting three ninety three. And and again, this is a guy that um seven homers in, oh, seven. in, in fifty six ABs. You know, my Frank <laughs> my Franklin High Math tells me that's one home run in every eight ABs. That's uh that that's a pretty good that ain't bad. <laughs> Percentage. Yeah. That, right that, there. that's that's pretty solid. Average every other game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But um you know, as you mentioned Braves got him from the Brewers in exchange for a couple of relievers. Who, Sabatka and Weigel can, can yeah. take them. Yeah. Well, they weren't any better. Are, are you sure? But we've seen Chad Sabatka. There, ain't no way. No. <laughs> but you know, as as you mentioned again off air, if things keep going the way they're going with the current Brave shortstop, you got to wonder if they look to Gwinnett to address that issue. Well, that was where I was 
That's what I was alluding to earlier when I was talking about Dansby Swanson and how bad he's been. Well, I just wanted to make sure that we got those dots connected there. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, Freddie Freeman last night ties Ronald Acuna for the t- team lead in home runs. It's like they've swapped. And I'm not sure why, other than I think Ronnie's trying to do too much. Well, given their offensive struggles, you can see how that could be the case. The problem is, when Ronnie tries to do too much, he typically doesn't do anything. When Ronnie plays loose and free, he's tip, he's the best player in, the, in baseball. I'm just not sure when you're 19 and 23 and when your offense is struggling the way it is that you can play loose. What do you got to lose at this point? Another game? Well. And this is a team that is supposed to win this division. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> and at, at some point, I would I would just think that you start thinking, okay, how do we fix this? And and it gets in your head. So, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, fortunately, <laughs> never thought I would say this. Fortunately, I was at soccer last night, so I didn't have to watch it. <laughs> well, from a coaching standpoint, that's that's that fine balance of how do you get them to relax, play loose, play like they can – and yet still put guys we we've got to do something you know this what we're doing isn't working we've got to make this change we got to we've got to improve here uh but you also know that is if you make them you know to me one of the the the, the toughest things to explain to some how do you try hard and play loose hmm. yeah that's a fine line for uh, and uh, for a young player uh, i'm not saying I, i'm just saying that that's the issue right now that's why Ronnie is struggling I, while I agree Fre- with you. while Freddie has I think like you said coaching players differently. I think players react differently in different situations. And I think when when Freddie is focused, he's a lot better. You see him strike out against, you know, whatever that Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, Anthony Rizzo and he's up there laughing because Anthony Rizzo's pitching and he strikes out. But when Freddie focuses and tries hard and really puts, you know, hey, my team's got to have me right now. I'm going to deliver. He delivers. So it's it's almost like how do you get those two to realize you have to play this way and you have to play this way. And if we do that, the top of our lineup becomes brutal again. And we'll start scoring runs because we're not scoring runs because we don't we don't have leadoff hitters on base. Yeah, one of the you've got to get your leadoff on. Period. One of the things you got to is is get the idea across to them that you know we as fans and we as observers say yeah they've got to carry the team as a coach in the sense you almost say you just got to do your job. You know you got to do your part, and the rest of the team's going to have to pick up and do theirs. And when you do your job. Yes, you'll carry you, you'll carry the team. You can't sit here and consciously try to carry the team. And that's why I say, you know, coming back to what you said, is that you know, he's, uh, Kuna's trying to do too much. Uh, he's trying to carry the team, knowing that you know, hey, I've I've done this in the last few weeks. I can do you know, and, and he's trying, and he's 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 pushing himself away from that. Whereas if he just relaxes, does his job, those things are going to come. We talk about it all the time, his batting stance. 
when his batting stance is he's got his hands in front of his in front of his chest loose, he's he's almost he's going to win more times than he doesn't at that at bat. Yeah. So I just want to see him playing loose and I want Freddie yeah. playing focused and then I want our one two guys to deliver. Yeah. Because once that starts happening on a consistent basis, it's gonna be Yeah, the other the other the other seven guys are gonna to have to start doing something to help them. Well, Austin <laughs> Riley has. There you go. That guy's yeah. been a freaking monster since we've destroyed him on Twitter. Keep and, destroying people on Twitter, apparently. And thank goodness. Braves <laughs> continue their home series against the Mets today. Um, 19 and 23 are the Braves. 20 and 16 are the Mets. Charlie Morton gets the start for Atlanta. 2 and 2 with a 508 ERA. He'll match up against David Peterson. 1 and 3 with a 486. That's a 620 start time, central time. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll have to find it somewhere other than our sister station, WKRM 103.7, because they will be carrying for the second night in a row, Columbia American Little League. This day in Braves history, on May 19th, 1981, after Braves leadoff hitter singled to open the game, Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher Jim Bibby retired the next 27 Atlanta hitters en route to a 5 nothing one-hitter. Um, that followed up on his... No hitter as a rookie with the Texas Rangers. Jim Bibby went on to stardom as pitching coach for the Nashville Sounds and um, actually passed away a couple of years ago. Um, when when did he die? Um, and now my computer won't scroll. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. Died February 16th, 2010 at the age of 65. They used to play Sanford and Son, the theme from Sanford and Son when he come out to make a mound visit. He was a great guy. Really enjoyed being around him when I was covering the sounds. So it's a nice little Braves history piece there, even though it was when you against were covering the, the sounds the last time. Because now you cover the sounds again. Well, <laughs> kind of, sort of, yeah. As per the, uh, that's per the <laughs> the media credential that you have there you go. Yeah. <laughs> hanging in front of you. Hit City. Uh, Looking forward to getting down there. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to talk about this NFL quarterback rankings. It'll but, hold. It'll hold. But there's plenty of time to talk about that, no doubt. We will certainly get to it. Uh, Braves are back. I'm, in, I'm sorry. The Stripers and the Sounds, 635 today at First Horizon Park. Um, also, Preds game two today at the Hurricanes. That's correct. Hey, um, fifth no hitter in Major League Baseball last night. How about that? As as much as we've talked about juiced balls, and as much as we've talked about pitchers who can't find the strike zone, there have been five no hitters to this point in the, in what six weeks? Uh, basically, it's, it's it's been wild. So there's there's that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's feast or famine for pitchers. I that's think. pretty. That's pretty wild and wacky, isn't it? And uh, we'll get to Wild and Wacky. It's because it is Wild and Wacky Wednesday right here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. When we come back, we'll give you the weirdest and wildest news from across the world on this show. We'll be right back from the Lee Company studio. Stick around. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game 
You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Happy to have you with us here on this beautiful Wednesday where it is wild and wacky, no doubt. Visit JJ'sBarbecue.com because Wild and Wacky Wednesday is brought to you by our friends at JJ's Barbecue on 900 Hatcher Lane right here in Columbia since 1998, the city's oldest family-owned barbecue restaurant. And it is delicious. Great stuff. Can't beat it. Got a lot to get into in this wild and wacky world because just going to be honest with you. Some of these people out here, I I legitimately think, Mo, that we could do Wild and Wacky Wednesday and and never leave Nashville scoop, <laughs> scoop Nashville, but whatever. Yeah, uh, it's um, having scanned through that yesterday while we were at lunch, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I I would like to say. And I'm just I'm only gonna do one today because I'm I'm I don't wanna, you know, throw out everybody. But uh this 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 thirty six year old is uh facing uh, domestic assault charges after she spat in her mother's boyfriend's face. Sorry about that. <laughs> Coming in hot <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> she lives in the uh, like a a unit above the garage in the backyard on on premises on the property. Goes into uh, her mother's home and spat in the face of uh, the boyfriend because her mom's boyfriend was making fun of her. Why was her mom's boyfriend making fun of her? Well, apparently she had been seeing a guy who was staying and had stayed over there for several days, and then he just left, and she felt used, which is a completely reasonable thing to feel, right? So, guy starts making fun of her, and she just said, you know what? And here's the problem. She was so drunk that instead of taking her to jail, they had to take her to the hospital to make sure that she was okay to be booked into the jail. So much, so much wrong there. I mean, there's a lot going on there. I, I can't, I can't, I can't deal, can't yeah. deal. Um, I do think that this one is important though, because when's the last time you went to a video store? We have one here. Well, there's one in Mount Pleasant. I've not been to a video store oh, since my kids left the house, I guess, probably. 
Well, I don't think the one here or in Mount Pleasant is a front for a crime ring. But. But. <laughs> in uh, Leo Minster, Massachusetts, probably, I don't even know how to say it. Leo Minster. Le- um, Le- Leo, Leo Minster. I, I just no leave idea. it where you have yeah. it. It's in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. The owner of Adopt a Video (laughs) was not just selling or renting videos out of his store. No, he was um, he was putting some stuff on eBay. The problem was that he had like ten other people, or I'm sorry, twenty six different people stealing things from stores like Walmart, Target, Home Depot, and CVS. And then he and was putting them on eBay? That's what he was selling on eBay. So he was selling stolen property on eBay. That's correct. Uh, it's like, at what point... Okay, we start inventorying what's been sold, and this one guy has all these things from different retailers that have been stolen on his eBay account. I wonder if maybe... Mm, mm, mm. Maybe old John DePlease here at Adopt a Video isn't just uh, renting out the dirt. The, the he, he's not just adopting videos, huh? He's, yeah, I think something's going on here. Maybe we ought to check it out. Mm-hmm. No, not clear how long he'd been at it, but they say he's made more than one million dollars in profit <laughs> from renting videos. Wow. Okay. When they searched his home and business, they found more than 5,000 items worth more than a half a million. So he is now facing charges for receiving stolen property and running an organized crime ring, and that's the one that'll get you. Mm. Yeah. That one is not good. They probably caught him because he... Was he not paying taxes on it? Is that what flagged him? Oh, probably. (laughs) They're like, this guy has a really nice car to be renting out $2 videos for five days a week. I don't know what's going on. Uh, okay, so listen. I saw a an AITA the other day, which means am I the jerk, basically, except not jerk. Yeah. <laughs> that would be AITJ. <laughs> yeah. Um, where a, a couple went to to like have a family dinner with each of their their parents both of their parents were single and four months later mom and dad of the couple have eloped and now they are step siblings uh, and were already engaged to be married so that was a whole ordeal That's one thing. Where was this? I have no idea. Okay. Because that was just, I just saw it on Reddit. This, however, this woman really has a specific type. She really likes this one specific type of person. Uh, She really liked the look of her ex-boyfriend, but she didn't like her ex-boyfriend, so she decided to marry his twin. Most faces like what? Um, it's not clear where they live, but the one twin dated the girl for two years in high school, and after they only broke up when he left for college. But his twin brother didn't move away, and once he was gone, the brother started dating the same girl and didn't tell him about it for six months. 
He says he was angry and still is, but he he said it was okay as long as the three of them never had to hang out together. But that makes for some interesting family reunions. Well, as he long just, as the three of them never hang out he together. Just said they could, so it's uh, it's not okay if we can't hang out. You can't say it's okay. Yeah, uh, that's not how that works. Uh, he probably thought they'd just break up eventually, but it never happened. Now they're getting hitched. Uh, he says he thinks their initial agreement should stand and that he shouldn't have to be in the same room with them, even on their wedding day. But the family's pressuring him to be there, and uh, he's supposed to be the best man. So, so I was wondering where the best man was going to be coming from there. <laughs> it's, uh, it's clearly well, one not of the groomsmen, groom. at least. Clearly not the groom. Groom is not the best man here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, what do you think? Would you would you be the best man? No, no question. No. I'm, I'm, no. I'm no, I'm good. No. Let me know how no. it goes. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you might send me a post. You know, send, send me a pic on the phone where I can delete it if I want. But, you know. I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm done. Well, the police in North Carolina were checking out a crash on the highway just after 5 a.m. on Tuesday when a guy pulled over to change a flat tire and an 18-wheeler hit his car. The cops noticed a bunch of stolen stuff in the car, and they figured out the guy had broken into 16 different cars that night, none of which had been reported yet, and he was arrested. So there you go. Don't pull over to change a flat. That's all I know. Just drive it on the rim. Just drive it, which I've seen recently. It's not good. That's going to do it for Wild and Wacky Wednesday, brought to you by JJ's Barbecue. Our friends over at JJ's on 900 Hatcher Lane. Go see Julie and the gang. They're awesome. That's going to do it for today's episode of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Hey, before we get away... Be sure and tune in tomorrow, particularly in the second hour, as we will visit with Bill Marbot, Columbia Luminary, legendary Bill Marbot, during the second segment. Talking about about dirt. Yeah, talking about some dirt, particularly some dirt down at the Hoover Met. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Stick around tomorrow for that. If you missed any part of the day's show, the podcast is available on sm-tnsports.com. For Coach Mike and Mo Patton, I'm Chris Yow saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia.